this, this is going to bless you. I, I honestly believe that this morning something's going to shift in your life that is you, from this moment and beyond, something's going to be different. Something is going to shift. And I'm, not, I'm just not talking about like an airy-fairy kind of thing or just hyping up the meeting. But I, I believe a miracle can happen in your life today that will take you to a different place that you've never been before. And uh, I'm convinced that God works like 30-second moments. You know, you can have cancer and then get prayed for, and then you haven't got cancer. How strange is that? How strange. Like, God is peculiar, isn't he? That one moment you're not going to heaven, you pray a prayer, and then you are going to heaven. It's like, wow, that's, that's odd. Uh, you, you know, it's just a, a whisper from God can shift your life forever. Just that thought that something's going to happen. I was at, a, at an event in, uh, in Adelaide speaking to a youth conference of 7,000 young people. And, and I was on the front row, but what had happened was the minister, the, the guy who was leading the meeting brought up two kids who were terminal. One had cancer, um, one had tumors through his body, and they said, let's pray for him. What happens is most times when we're praying in church, even, even the most steady Christians can often give like a half-hearted prayer. I call it like a weak one. The reason being is because it's not your miracle. Uh, but when it's your son and your daughter or you, you want everybody praying. You want everybody believing for the miracle. And so I'm praying because somebody's got cancer. I'm going, oh, God, God, God. Short story is uh, that they found one of the guys, James, parents found out that I was in the meeting and, uh, and asked if I would have lunch with them, and which I agreed. So me and Janine were there, James was there, who was 19, his fiance was there, and, and both sets of parents were there. And I said to James, James, what did, what did you say to the doctor when, he, when you told him, uh, that when he told you you were a terminal? What did you say? Because the doctor told me that four times. And so I wanted to hear his response. And he smiled at me and he turned and he says, I told the doctor, what are you going to say? What are you going to do when I come back in a month's time and I'm healed? And, uh, and so he only had uh, two weeks to live. That's what they said. So when he was sitting beside me, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I, I thought to myself, he's looking to me through God for a miracle. And I, and I had fought that demon a few years ago. But right then, I, I was like caught short. And you know how the Bible says you've got to stir up the gifts of God? It's a really bad place to be in when you need to stir up the gifts, when it's not readily available. And I was sitting eating my steak going, God, you better turn up because this guy is going to die unless I you know, can come up with the jungle juice, you know, the, the anointing, as it were, to heal this guy. And I realized it's not me. But you know what? God always uses people. And so I'm asking God, God, use me today. And so we went up to our room and we prayed. And the miracle of the whole thing was uh, he actually went into remission, which means they couldn't find the cancer. Uh, For six months he was in remission, but through a complication, through a virus, he actually passed away. And, uh, And when I heard that, I wept for a fortnight. Every time I read my Bible, I just cried. And I said, God, I, I never want to be caught short on faith. You have to take me to a place where I can unpackage and understand 
what faith is and how I can live it in a practical everyday moment. And God showed me these, these six points. And I believe that these things are going to sh- shift your life in, in such an amazing way. And if you can get a hold of this and, and be able to activate it, your, your, world will sh- your world will change. It will shift you. And I believe, not only that, that to, today and tonight we are going to see miracles take place. And I, I've, my, my senior pastor, Pastor Phil Pringle, says, you know, uh, numerous times he says, you know, I, I, I feel pregnant with miracles. I can feel pregnant with miracles. When I came into the meeting today, I felt like God said to me, there's like 30 miracles in the house. Like, I, I felt like somebody was saying, you know, I, I, I need to, there are numerous people with physical, I, I, I need to go quickly. But there are people who, who, who are wanting to have children who can't have children. There are people, and, and Pastor mentioned it today, who are, des- who are saying, God, I want to get married. And, the, and they, for whatever reason, but I believe that, that there's a, a miracle, there's something going to happen in your life today. And, and we're going to pray for healing, miracles. There are business people that need financial breakthroughs, families who need financial breakthroughs. And I am believing that something's going to shift. There are children who are backslidden, who are going to come back into the house of God. There's, there's, there's so many things that I feel like God is saying today something. Why don't you give God a big clap if you believe in that today? <laughs> well, we're going to have fun. I'm going to have fun. So... If you've got your Bibles, why don't you come with me? Because God took me straight to Hebrews chapter 11, which is the, literally the chapter on faith. This talks about the great men and women of God who did amazing exploits for him. And God premises these six things about what faith is. And Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith has been sure of what we hope for. Who's sure of what we hope for? It's certain of what we do not see. And this is what the ancients were commended for. In other words, this is what the, the men and women of God were applauded for. It says, by faith, that we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what was seen was not made out of what was visible. Now, the first point, God just stopped me right there, and he said, the first point I want to highlight to you, Andrew, is this. That the men and women of God who were canonized in this book of Hebrews, it says that they understood, they had the revelation that the universe was formed at God's command. Which speaks to me of two simple things. Number one, they had a revelation that God is real. Which, by the way, is an amazing revelation. And I think probably about every three months or so, I literally wake up, even as a minister, and go, God, you are real. Wow. And that changes everything. It should change the way we talk, act, live our life, the way we give. It, it changes everything. The, the, the thought that God is real, that this is not a game, this is not a dress rehearsal, we're not coming back, this is our one shot, we've got 70 years, this is it. God, you're real. And second of all, he's big. The thought that God is real and he's big is the foundation of faith. That nothing is impossible for him. You know, uh, these men and women of God, it says they understood. They, they just didn't, like, I know, you know, in church, where you're sitting there and you're going, yeah, 
I know he's real. Yeah, that's good. And he's big. That's good. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about these people, they got it. They knew he was real. They knew he was big enough to do everything. That he was the God who created the universe at his command. So he can shift. He can do something in your life today. If you had the revelation that God, you are real. This is not a game. This is it. And you're really big, big enough to do anything. That's a pretty big foundation. And then it goes on to this. And I love this. It says in verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even though he's dead. You see, um, the first point being is God is big and he's real. But what I love about this is, is, a, is an offering, is worship to God. You see, the revelation of the, th- the thought of God, you're big and you're real, makes us position ourselves in a place of worship. Because we understand that he's the big guy and we are the little guy. So, so we position ourselves, we humble ourselves, we say, God, you, you, you the guy, you, we worship you because you're bigger than us. You're the creator. You're the one who can do and shift our life. You know, the Bible says, don't fear man because only he can only kill you. But fear God because after he kills you, he can send you to hell. I worship you because you're in control, actually. You can take my breath away. God can take my breath away right now. That's it. It's gone. He's the guy. He's real. And he's big. And this guy, Cain, and an offering to him. One guy gave a stingy offering, and God didn't accept it. Another guy gave a generous offering, and the Bible says he still speaks well of that offering. Why? Because they had faith to it. You know the thought of offerings? We're not talking about tithes. Tithes 10% of your income. But an offering is worship to God. And, and he doesn't have to accept your offer. It's an offer. You offer it to God. It's like, God, this is my offer of worship. But if it hasn't got faith to it, you're better off keeping your money. Because you're just tipping him. He's like, oh, no. You're just like throwing your money away. But if it's got faith to it, and it's, an off, it's a generous offering, then God's like, oh, yeah, I kind of like that. Every miracle, just about every significant miracle in my life, I can put towards me giving an offering. You know, uh, we moved from New Zealand to, uh, to Australia, which is a pretty smart thing to do, considering the weather and everything. Uh, so you don't have to go to university to figure that out, but... It was a process. We were in a large church in New Zealand, over 9,000 people. And, uh, and we had just been offered to be the executive pastors of that church, to be the 2IC of that church. Anyway, to short, cut the long story short, we decided uh, that we were going to move to C3, be a part of Phil Pringle's church, and be healing evangelists with Phil and Chris uh, Pringle, which was, was great. So we sold our house. Uh, we double-tithed on our house, 
Um, we uh, um, blessed our pastors. And we brought them some nice watches. I bought them a, a Rolex watch each, uh, which is like far beyond what I could ever do, but I just wanted to, just to do that and uh, just to honour them and just say, you know, we love serving you guys. Normally you get the watch when you leave, but I wanted to give them the watch. Um, and, uh, and we were living by, so we moved to Australia. We're living by faith. So we've got no income or anything like that. We're just, uh, just traveling around and, and we're renting and our rent was outrageous because the Northern Beaches is in a renting crisis. And, uh, and so you just, you know, live, live there. And then, and then, um, so we went to a presence conference. Anybody go to presence conference, which is like the best conference you can ever go to, um, and so it wasn't this year's one, it was last year's one. And uh, so I'm sitting in the second row with uh, John Bevere, I uh, was in the front row, and Steve Munsey and all these who's who of the Christian Zoo. And uh, Phil was doing the miracle offering. Have, have you ever been in a miracle offering? The most frightening thing you could ever go to. And because uh, God talks to you in that about what you need to give. And so um, I'm sitting beside Janine. And when we first got married, we made this promise to God that... When we prayed, normally when we pray, we almost always get the same amount, which I reckon is pretty cool. But if we don't get the same amount, that we would give the larger amount that God talked to us about. So whoever gets the larger amount, and, and, and so here we go. And so we're in the front row, and we had forgotten to pray, knowing there was the miracle offering. So we just did a quickie. And uh, so it's like, God, talk to us, talk to us, because, you know, like, Phil's taking up the offering, you know, yeah, 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 and the Kavala's here, hey, you know, you know, so he talks. And, uh, and, and so I prayed, and, and I felt like God say $1,000, which was a pretty big stretch for me right then. And, uh, and I turned to Janine, and I said, how did you, how did you go, darling? And uh, she said, oh, how did you go? And I said, $1,000. She said, I'm a bit bigger than that. I said, darn. How did the devil get into this meeting? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, uh, and I said, how much is it? And she said, fifty thousand. I said, fifty what? And she said, fifty thousand. I said, you just made that up. And uh, and I and I'm telling you right now, this is I, I promise. We had the biggest fight we've ever had in ten years of marriage on the second row presence conference, not last the year before last. And we were just going back and forth, back and forth. I'm getting, I saw horns come out of her head. And, uh, and, and I literally thought she was the devil. And, um, and then she looked at her watch and she said, you know what, it's, it's, it's three o'clock. And she said, Andrew, you're the man of God, so you decide. I have to go and get the children uh, from, from the play group or whatever it was. And uh, so she said, I've got to go, but you decide. And I was so, who knows, that's like spiritual manipulation. And then to top it off, she said this as we're leaving. She said, you know what, Andrew? <laughs> she said, 10 years ago when we got married, you said that we would give the larger amount. I thought, oh, that's, that's just nasty. You know, the Bible says that we should be cheerful givers. Do you know that? That's bull. Are you allowed to say that in church? That is, that, is, that is not true. He wants obedient givers. Over and above cheerfulness, obedience. There's hundreds of things God will ask you to do and you won't want to do it. Heaps of things that he will ask you to do and you won't want to do it. But when you do it, it's for your benefit. 
And so I'm going, oh, God. <laughs> and so, I, like, I'm writing out a $50,000 pledge, $50,000 win. And I'm coming up. Everybody else is, like, happy. Like, they're smiling. Coming up, Joe Pringle singing. Duh, 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 duh. And they're oh, no, happy. I'm looking at them. And I'm going, I know why you're happy. Because you're not giving $50,000. You're probably giving five hundred. dollars It's easy. I'm 500 years ago. I walked up and put my $50,000, looked at Phil. But you dog, you flipping. I'm never coming. And uh, put it in. I sat down. This is a true, this is true. I sat down. So all the, you know, the, the, the big shots are in front of me. I sat down. I knelt down. I started crying. <laughs> like, you know, when you're making noises, that's really bad, like rhinoceros noises, like snots coming out. It's not, it's not pleasant. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, when I'm talking, crying, going, God, I go, oh, God. I heard this voice saying, Andrew, because you've done this thing, I will give you business people, young people, who are going to sponsor you and look after you. And God talked to us about our partners program. He said to me, Andrew, you're going to be on television all around the world, healing uh, a TV show on how to move in the supernatural and healing sick people. And I was like, all of a sudden, it was like, wasn't crying of, oh, 50. It was like, wow. And all of a sudden, the power of God came on my life. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Oh, wow. And he started showing me. He said, I love you. I trust you. He said, you, th- this money you sowed is for the miracles of others. And I went, wow. I said, right. And all of a sudden, God's and joy started coming to my life. But you know what? It was an amazing thing because joy wasn't in the moment. I was like, oh, really? I don't want to do that. But, but an offering is a test of your lordship. An offering is, is where you position yourself because the revelation of God is big and he's real. It's like, God, what do you want me to do? And I'll do it. You know when we pray this prayer, church? It's the prayer of salvation. God, I, I give you my life. I give you total control. Help me live for me. I ask you to come into my life as my Lord and Savior. And then God talks to us about giving $1,000 in an offering, $10,000 in offering. And we go, no. It's a test of our lordship, his lordship in our life, how we can position ourselves. You see, how can we go to Africa if we can't give $1,000 in an offering? How can God speak to us about the miracle unless we can negotiate that moment where we can hear God's voice and he does talk to us and say, God, I am going to do that. I'm going to stretch out and do that. So the story continues for me because uh, only a couple of days later, Neil Elliott, who's in Europe, rings me up and he says, Andrew, uh, if you can get the show together, I want to put you, uh, I want you to do a healing show. He's in God TV Europe, Australia, New Zealand, uh, on healing miracles. I'd never talked to him about that. The next, day, uh, the next weekend, two uh, people come up to us and said, we want to sponsor you um, $1,000 a month uh, out of our business. And, um, and just about everywhere we go, we have just normal people saying, you know what, we want to sponsor you $50 a month, uh, $10 a week, or whatever it is. Because Menjanine said, we're never going to put a demand on a church. 
And we want to go wherever God takes us and, and, and just go and preach the gospel, um, heal sick people and stuff like that. And miracle after miracle after miracle has happened from that moment. And, and, and that's the revelation as, as God, I'm here to worship you and, and, and to give whatever you want. Now, I love this because then it goes on and says, By faith, Enoch was taken from his life and he did not experience death because he could not be found because God had taken him away. And before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. In Genesis 5 verse 22, it says this, Enoch walked with God 300 years, died at the age of 365. Now, this is, a, this is an, an, an amazing thing. You see, Enoch, God loved him so much. He had a relationship with him so much that he did not even allow him to experience death because he walked with God. He had a relationship with God. Do you know what? The, the revelation that God is real is, is pretty awesome. And he's big. And because of that, we worship ourselves. But I worship ourselves, worship him. <laughs> um, when I gave Janine her diamond ring, I wanted to hang out with her a whole lot more because I made an investment into that relationship. And when you, all of a sudden, when you give $50,000 to God, you want to hang around him a whole lot more because I've just made a really big investment into that relationship. And... God wants us to have a relationship with him. Uh, I believe in love at first sight. I, I totally fell in love with Janine as soon as I saw her, I wanted to marry her. Uh, I asked her to elope, but she said no, because she wanted to have a nice wedding dress. Um, but Janine lived in Australia, and I lived in New Zealand, which is kind of, uh, you know, we actually only spent 14 days together in the same nation before we got married. So like like 14 days together in the same like city room, uh, you know, whatever, just 14 days together. So I had, a, when the minister said, will you take Janine Marie to be your wife? I went, Marie, because I didn't know her middle name. <laughs> I did not know her middle name. But anyway, uh, so t- uh, Telstra had this like $5 deal. Uh, talk as long as you want for a 24-hour period, as long as you don't hang up the phone. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so you can talk trans-Tasman, 24 hours, just don't hang up the phone. So me and Janine ha- did a phone marathon day, you know what I mean? So early in the morning we got up, uh, rang up Janine, uh, you know, stopped for breakfast, but you just don't hang up the receiver, you just put the receiver down, have breakfast, meet back an hour later, and then you go all the way through to lunchtime, have lunch, but don't hang up the receiver. Go all the way through to, to uh, dinner time. Uh, d- don't hold the receiver down. You, and then he goes into night time, you know, like so it's 10, 11 o'clock. You know when you're in love. This is the love test, Dave. This is when you know you, you're in love. It's, it's when you're on the phone and a long period of time has happened, t- gone by, and you haven't said anything. Are you still there, babe? Yeah. There you go. Wow. That's awesome. That's the love test right there. If you can pass that, you know you're in love. It's like, wow. And then it's like, like so now it's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. I had one of those long uh, ex- 
extension cords on my phone. So I was in my bed, you know, on my jam, jam jams. And, you know, you say, oh, you're tired, you can't sleep. And you, but you don't want to hang out the phone because, you know, it's going to cost $5. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then Janine says, well, it's, it's kind of time to go. And I just want to apologize to all the guys in Tagra. Just write straight up, I'm sorry, guys, because I kind of feel like I've let you down. Because she said, you hang up. And I said, no, babe, you hang up. <laughs> and then she says, no, you hang up. And I said, no, darling, you hang up. And then she says, no, you hang up. And I said, no, you hang up. And she hung up. I was so ticked. <laughs> I was so ticked with her. Can't believe she hung up. I rung her back. Cost me another five bucks. I said, babe, what are you doing? She said, well, you told me to hang up. I said, you know the rules. She said, what rules? I said, we've got to do it together. One, two, three, click. And uh, then I could go to sleep. And, uh, but you know what? What's interesting, I think, is when's the last time you're in his presence? And it was like, you hang up. If you want to leave, leave God, but I'm not leaving. You know, when I, was at, when I was at Bible college, when I was 19 years old, I used to uh, sneak the key for the Bible chapel and uh, grab my sleeping bag and I'd sleep there at night because I just wanted to be in his presence. It's like, God, if you want to leave, leave, but I'm not hanging out. You know, the Bible says, don't lose your first love. It's that, that place of excitement. You know, when you first see that girl and you're in love with her, it's like, wow, you would do anything for her. You would buy the biggest rock you can afford. You open the car door because you're trying to be nice. You're, you're courting her. Don't lose your first love. There's many Christians. They used to read the Bible, but you've lost your first love. You used to get up early in the morning and pray, but now you've lost that first love. There's like a divorce has happened. A separation's happened. God pleads with us. He says, do not lose that first love. In my screensaver, my screensaver my, what, at work comes up. It says, pray, read your Bible, call Janine, send her flowers. Because I don't want to lose my first love. I don't want to lose my first love with my beautiful wife. And I don't want to lose my first love with God. And it can be lost. We need to have a relationship with God. Walking with God. God talks to us. It says this. It says um, in verse 7. It says, by faith, Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. And by faith, he has commended the world that... Uh, that who became an heir of righteousness that comes from faith. And in Genesis 6, verse 9, it says, it says, this is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among his people, and he walked with God also. How hilarious is Noah? Noah is just the most funniest character, I think, in the Bible. I feel for Noah sometimes, because I think, imagine a guy, and God talks to you, uh, not about a $50,000 offering, but it's kind of equivalent. Because it's kind of like, no, build an ark. He's like, dude, God, what's an ark? It's a boat. What's a boat? 
It's a thing that floats on water and big lakes and stuff like that. What's a lake? Yeah, it's, you know, well, just build it anyway. And he's like, oh, okay. And like, it took a long time to build, you know, and that, I don't reckon they really had that good of saws back then and stuff. And he built it. You see, the revelation is God, you're big, you're real, and I worship you. And out of that worship, God has relationship with us. He talks to us. And out of that, you have to have blind obedience. Because faith is being obedient to what God calls us to do. There's no, there's no way around it. God asks us to do things. And if you do it, miracles happen. When we first started our youth conference, Get Smart, which is um, New Zealand's largest youth conference. Well, I just went to it two weeks ago. Thousands of kids, come, young people come to it. You know, uh, over 3,500 young people and, and full-time registrations. Over 7,000 at our nighttime events. It's, it's amazing. 11 years ago, we started it. Me and Janine started it. And I think it was just a small thing. And I remember, you know, two weeks before the conference, when, when God said to us that we need to change youth culture by starting this youth conference in New Zealand. And, and it was a $40,000 budget, and two weeks out, we had 17 people registered. And the elders of the church brought me in and said, Andrew, 17 registered. Uh, you need a minimum of 110 and, uh, to get even started. And, he said, and they said, so our wisdom, our counsel is, let's cancel the conference. And I was like, really depressed. You know, like felt like God had left me. Annoyed. And I uh, went home grumpy. And, uh, and, and Janine was like, what's happened? And I said, oh, flat. You know, we've only got 17 people registered. And, and the board have said we want to cancel the Get Smart conference. And, uh, and, and, and Janine says to me, uh, she said, yeah, but what did God say? And I was like, oh, I said, don't even start. <laughs> I'm such a man of faith. I said, don't even start. And she, 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 she said, no, but seriously, Andrew, what did God say to us? And I said, start a conference. And she said, and what are we doing? I said, canceling the conference. And she said, why are we cancelling? And I said, because the board told me to. And I'm a man under leadership. And so whatever they say, I'm going to do. And then she said, but there must be another way. And I said, there's no other way. She said, there is another way. And I said, what's the other way? And she says, how about we pay for the conference? And I said, that's not the way. That's not the way. And she said, no, no, no. She said, we'll go guarantors for the conference and if we have to, we'll put another mortgage on a house. So we'll have mortgage mortgages. And I said, oh, that's, that's great. Because I reckon when God said to Noah, build the ark, it didn't really seem that easy. But God said, build the ark. Build it. Like, how? How are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? So you, you have to go there. You have to go to that place. And I'm like, oh, yeah. so I, I, I get the board together. 
again. It's not just an easy thing. You can't just click your fingers and all the board members turn up. So I'm like getting the board together and I sit down and say, hey, listen. I said, guys, I said, I mentioned and really feel like God told us that we should go to get smart. And already there were heckles up and because people were thinking, well, you know, we said no. And I said, but I'm not asking you to say yes or no, but I want you to consider that we would go guarantors for the conference. So we'll pay. So the risk is not the churches. The risk is ours. Would you consider that an option? And all the board unanimously agreed that you can pay if it fails. So I thought, that's so nice of them. <laughs> Do you know, that, that year we got, I think, 120 registered. And, uh, and we received an offering just with those 120 youth leaders. And uh, it was over $10,000 in that one offering, which gave us seed money. So we, all of our expenses were paid and seed money for the next year. Every year, I looked at our, our budget, and every year it did not make sense. Every year, for 11 years, it was like a miracle, 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 miracle. And the reason is... Because God was building the ark. He needed my obedience. He talked to me because he uses people. And, and our convenience gets in the road sometimes. But if you would step out and say, God, you know what? I've heard your voice and I'm going to do this thing. Then a miracle can happen in your life. Now, it says this. It says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to his place, would later receive his inheritance. <clears throat> obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And by faith, he made his home in a promised land like strangers in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him in the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city and foundations whose architect and builder is God. <laughs> and uh, I wonder if the worship team could come and join me. But I, I like this thought because... It says that Abraham went out to a place he didn't even know where he was going. God sent him out and, uh, and said, I want you to go somewhere even though I don't even know where you're to go. And I want to tell you this, that, that in this moment of faith, when you come to that place, when Noah was in that moment, faith has always got to struggle. Faith is a test. It's a test. The problem with us is that we're human. It's a really annoying thing. If we could get our humanity out, we'd be faith machines. But we have got two parts to ourselves. We've got our flesh, our humanness, and then we've got the God part. And those two personalities are at war all the time. Even when I'm taking up an offering... You know, in an offering moment, and God says to me, Andrew, you know, give $10,000 an offering. Immediately I go halves because my flesh talks. says it's too much. I'll go half. God says to me, start a conference. I go, it's too hard. Pray for that sick person. I can't do it. I can't do it. God has to do it. But these personalities are always at war. Phil Pringle says, Faith is doing it scared. You have to do it even though you're absolutely petrified. It's like that moment where you're crying. It's like, oh, God, will you come through if I do this? Will you do it? 
Yes, I'll do it. Every time, every single time there's a ministry shift in your life, you will face three giants. Three giants of fear. The first one being the the fear of, of people's opinions. The second one, the fear of financial uh, uh, security. And the last one, which I think is the most killer, die straight one, is the fear of failing. Every time you go to launch out into something of God, those three things will attack you. Every time. And that wrestle of God, is it you or is it me? That's where, that's where we're living right now. And that's what we need to overcome today. That's what I'm going to help you shift into today. So you know that God will talk to you and you can take that step and miracles can happen in your life today. Hmm. I'm at a conference and uh, I don't know, there's a few thousand people there. All the big gun speakers are there and I'm doing it like a, a morning session or something like that. And I have a word of knowledge for somebody with a, a, a girl with a broken wrist sitting in the back. I said, somebody here in the back got a broken wrist. I said, come up here. This little 14-year-old, little dot comes out. She's got a little soft bandage on and I said, I'm going to pray for you today. She goes, oh, that's really nice. I said, why don't we stretch out? We're all going to pray. And she goes, oh, that's great. So everybody's praying. Hardly anyone's praying. Uh, I'll pray and uh, so I pray really nice prayer you'd like it and uh, and I said how's your wrist she goes oh it's pretty good I said oh that's nice she said should I unravel my bandage I said oh that's nice so this is where her faith's at but I'm a I'm a real realist like so she's unwrapping wrapping 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 and she twinges and I go oh is it not so good and she goes it's it's, it's pretty good. And I said, but it's not totally fixed up. She goes, no, no, no. I said, okay, well, I said, we'll pray again. How about that? That'll be good. And she goes, oh, that'd be nice. So I grab her hand. I'm praying. And I'm going, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. And this voice trickles through my head. and says, Andrew, grab her hand and shake it hard. I go, oh. So I'm just letting you into the window of an evangelist right there. Window, little window, little window. I'm thinking immediately, I'm going to jail. <laughs> Today, I am going to jail. I, then my second thought, I'll never preach again. And you are laughing, but these are real thoughts traveling through my mind right then. Why? Because my spirit is wrestling with my flesh. Those two things are at war. Because my humanness says, are you insane? But my spirit man goes, God can do all things. And I want to tell you, this is where I go in this place. This is where I go. You don't understand. But like in an instant, this is where I go. I go, God, I heard you this morning when I had my quiet time. I prayed, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And I worshipped you and I spent time with you. I heard your voice. God, in an offering, I... In, in offerings, I've tried to hear your voice. And, 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 and I've, I've believed God as much as my ability would allow me to believe. You see, when God speaks to you about something and you don't do it, you create a vacuum, an atmosphere of disbelief around your life, a life of second guessing. 
never really taking the risk where I've heard God and I've done it. So I've, I've heard that. When I witnessed to somebody, I, I remember you, God, telling me to go to that, and I, and I did that. I, 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 I think of the times where I know God spoke to me, and, I was, and now I'm going, sniffs of God. This, 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 this moment sniffs of God. It feels like God. Sounds like God. It's scary. Oh, let's God. <laughs> oh, so this little this little girl. The guys are singing so beautiful, romantic music's happening. And I grab her hand and bam! and she's like ah, she squeals. I go ah! and everybody's like, ah! and there's like everybody took a big breath and there's no oxygen in the room and those little yellow masks came down and people started singing like the airplane. Anyway, uh, that that didn't happen. <laughs> But she did squeal, and I did too. And she, what did you do to me? I said, it's him. Blame him. He did it. And uh, I said, how's your hand? And she goes, oh, it's, it's so hot. I said, is it a good hot or a bad hot? She said, it's a good hot. I said, oh, that's, that's good. And uh, I said, how is it? She said, oh, all the pain's gone. I said, oh, that's so good. Have a seat. And I uh, got a... The next day, she turns up, and her mum's with her. Who knows that they can be really, really good, or really, really bad. And after after the first meeting, mum comes straight up to me, and she said, are you responsible for this? (laughs) Definitely him. And uh, and she goes, wow, she said, look, here's the x-ray, this is like, a month ago, and here's the break, and you can see this big fuzzy bit where it's been broken and the healing's taken place. But she said, here's this morning's x-ray before service. We went to the, and she said, the fuzz is gone. She said, she's completely healed. I said, well, actually, I did have quite a bit to do with that, yeah. That's definitely my funny stories. It says this, it says, Abraham, even though it was past age and Sarah herself was barren, and able to go become a father because he considered him the same promise. And from this one man as good as dead. How about that? As good as dead. Come the descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. As good as dead. Okay, so here's, here's, the, here's the go. God, you're real. So we've got that figured out. And you're big, so you can do whatever you want. And so we position ourselves in a place of worship and say, God, what would you have me do? God, what do you want me to do? And he, and he talks to us. And, and, and we walk in that relationship with God. But when God talks to us, normally it's not just about little small things. Sometimes it's got to do with something big in our life. And, 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 and we have to be obedient, even though it seems hard. But in that obedience, there's always a wrestle. There's a wrestle going on in our life because we're always second guessing. But in that moment, that's where the miracle is. And Abraham, as good as dead, received a miracle. His descendants become as numerous as the stars in the sky. And today, we're believing for your miracle. We are believing for something to happen in your life that would, would shift you into a whole new place. 
Now, I told you, every miracle that we've had has come from a place of an offering, of an offering. Me and Janine couldn't have children. And uh, we discussed that early on in our relationship. And as a first option, we decided that we were going to try to adopt, which is literally impossible to do in New Zealand. Like, it just doesn't even happen. So... We went through the whole process and we got declined because they said that we were unsuitable parents. <laughs> Which seems, for whatever reason, I think that they looked at Janine probably and it's kind of, certainly wasn't me. Um, so we reapplied and we got in the pool. I think it was, that year was our building offering that was coming up. Me and Janine prayed as 26-year-olds and said, God, what would you like us to do? God said, we want, I want you to give a $10,000 offering. And I remember, you know, that thought of, God, I'm not gonna, I don't know how. I remember together we really were believing for this miracle to happen. And by the way, you can't buy miracles. It's not like, you know, you, you pay for miracles. But something can open over your life. And so we put down the $10,000 miracle believing for Samuel I think three months later we were chosen which was by far the quickest thought that we had or anything like that it was an amazing miracle for us um, uh, we got to choose his name uh, which is really unusual we met the birth mum and, and Samuel knows all the story and everything like that uh, so I'm not speaking out of school. Um, when we were, when Samuel was born, we were there eight hours after he was born. I gave him his first like bottle and bathed him. And for ten weeks, uh, ten days, you go to like a social welfare, like a, a foster home, where he's looked after, and, and his birth mum could come and visit, and we were allowed to visit as well, and and all of that. But his birth mum only wanted to come once to take a photo and as a you know and and do all that so as I think it was like day six we were going to uh, driving there and the welfare rang up and said listen she's changed her mind and I said oh really I didn't really think that I actually felt like God left me and I, I felt like like a death experience like it was just the most miserable moment of my life and the worst thing is I had to tell Janine, which is like we were driving to see him. And so we went to our pastor's place and uh, told them what had happened. And I could hardly speak. I was that emotional. And they said, well, we're just going to pray and believe with you for three days and fast. And, and, uh, and I didn't know what to pray because actually our first option was that she would keep the baby. We actually believed that was the best. And so we could only pray, let the peace of God just be around her life. And let confusion just fall off. If there's confusion, let it fall off. And so we prayed and prayed and prayed. And uh, this one night, God woke me up and, and the scripture came to me and he says, why worry? Uh, don't I look after the birds of the field and clothe the lilies? And, uh, and, and I went to church that day. Janine couldn't go to church that day, but my pastor preached on the same message. And I said, God spoke to me, Janine. I came home really excited. I said, God spoke to me. I said, don't have to worry. Miracle's going to happen. It's going to be okay. What was really cool was that 
Only a few moments later, the social welfare rang us up and said she's changed her mind. Sam's coming to your house in uh, like two hours. So, and me and Janine held each other's hands and like little school kids, we jumped up and down and, 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 and just swung around in circles as with tears were dripping down our cheeks. You know, uh, I would have given more than $10,000 if I had known that that was going to be the result. Way more. If I had known that God was going to do all these miracles, I would have been so happy to give my $50,000. You know what I mean? It's like, for that miracle, it's like, what is, what is that? It's nothing. When Johnny was born, same thing happened. We gave $10,000 believing for, for an, another miracle. It's like, God, we're going to smash open an atmosphere over our life. Give $10,000. Six months later, we got chosen. They were saying, you got two? It's impossible to get two children from New Zealand. It's impossible. We're like, well, it's favor on our lives. I don't know what it is. Do you know what? I was right. Johnny was born the day our conference started, Get Smart Conference. The day, the co- so we were there. I was like, oh, I'm traveling four different cities up and down the country. This, I've got 17 flights in six days up and down the country speaking to all these conferences. Up and down, up and down, just like roller coasters all over the place. Janine's doing all this kind of stuff. Day four, day four, the birth mum changes her mind. She changes her mind. Janine rings me up, cry, oh, it's happened again. And I said to Janine, I'm not even praying. She said, you are so. She's getting ticked off of me. She said, you better pray. I said, I'm not even going to pray. I'm not even going to whisper a word to God. And she said, why not? And I said, because I fought that demon with Samuel and God has got us under control. God has got our miracle under control. Within 12 hours, she changed her mind back again. And now we've got Jonathan. And I want to tell you, God is a God of miracles. And he can shift something over your life. And I said to pastor, I said, you know what? I believe and I want to break something over this church and over your lives. Because I believe that God wants to do a miracle in your life today. And so I asked Pastor, I said, would it be appropriate if I could receive a miracle offering in this moment? It's not coming to me, not a, not a cent. So it's not like I'm trying to raise money for the Andrew Kabbalah show. No, it's not that. I want to do it for you. Because when you hold your son or daughter in your hand, you'll be like going, thank you, God, that I did that thing. When you are walking down that aisle, when cancer leaves, when when... That when the business turns around, when the debt's been cancelled, when when sickness leaves your life, you'll be going, God, thank you for that for that miracle. And and it's funny because I can contribute. It's not like I can actually contribute moments in my life where I've done something and a miracle's happened in my life. 